Welcome to the Women Who Code podcast. The important thing is like to always be learning and to like continue having those, those new challenges rather than like knowing everything. That's not important. Women Who Code Talks Tech is a segment that features experts in a specific field of technology sharing their knowledge on an in-depth and highly technical subject. These talks are designed to both introduce advanced subjects and provide insight into the work being done in these fields. My name is Carolina Pinson and I'm a senior front-end developer at Shopify. And then, I don't know if you know, but Shopify, our mission is to make commerce better for everyone. And we do this through software. So we provide a platform on which uh, any merchant can build uh, their e-commerce site so they can create their commerce, their, their e-commerce website to sell their products. It can be new merchants, old merchants. But what we want to do is uh, we want to make the best version of uh, what the internet can be to merchants. Uh, so we want to help merchants grow and sell their products through in our platform. And a little bit more about myself. Um, I my name is Carolina, but I prefer if people call me Caro. So that's C-A-R-O. You can find me in LinkedIn uh, with Caro Pinson Silva because you want to connect further or like through my email or that's also my portfolio, Caro Pinson Silva, in case you are interested or like want to chat more. I'm super, super open. And yes, as Angela mentioned a little bit about myself is that I'm originally from Colombia, uh, from Bogota, but I have been living in Vancouver for the last four years. And I want to share like a small fun fact about myself is that um, every year I try to choose a new hobby to like try it for that year. And it could be anything like a sport, an activity. There's no like a rule about what the hobby could be. But I only have one rule related to what I choose is that it has to be something that I'll be bad at. So the, whatever I choose has to be something that I think I'll be bad at. To be fair, that leaves a lot of possibilities because <laughs> I'm not like naturally good at a lot of things. Uh, but it's just uh, like interesting to do this and it's a way to like keep my body and my mind learning new things constantly and like a way to try different things I maybe didn't think that I would like at the beginning but just to try new things and to like get new hobbies some examples of the things that I've done with this I did improvisation was year one year uh, snowboarding also I tried it and currently I'm trying roller skating which has been really really interesting really fun the communities from all these uh, uh, hobbies have been like great. That's also something that I really like about like trying new hobbies and meeting new people, creating new communities. And going back to my uh, to my talk, what I want to do is I want to share like my journey of how I ended up working at the blockchain team at Shopify and like some lessons that I learned and. I don't know, some things that happen and hopefully it will, it will, it will be like inspiring or interesting uh, and that it will be useful for, for anyone that's listening to. Uh, so I do have like three, I would say pieces of the puzzle that I want to touch. And I'll go, go back to the, through these pieces while I go through my story. Uh, so the three pieces are that I'm in Vancouver and I work in the, work in the blockchain team at Shopify. So as any story, we'll go back to the beginning. And don't worry, it won't be, this won't be like a memoir of a life story of Carolina that starts from 
when I watch a, a kid or anything that I promise you that all the things that I'm telling you, like they, or at least I think they make sense at the end. So the beginning of my story, it's going back to 2017, uh, when I just finished my bachelor degree in computer science in Colombia. When I finished my degree, I sort of, I wanted to live abroad. I wanted to like experience different cultures and different countries. So I didn't really want to stay in but I wanted to like explore a little bit of the of the world. And the good thing is that as a software developer, there's like a lot of doors that can be opened and we can work in different parts of the world. And back then I really wanted to come to Canada. I don't know why, to be honest, if you ask me, I didn't know almost anything about Canada. I just knew that like sometimes the cities appear on the like the best uh, places to live and but I, I think i just wanted like to try something different so um i started like this a part like hard process that i don't know if you you any of you have had to like go through it but uh, about uh, finding the the first job after graduation which was really hard so i just apply to a lot of companies, especially trying to apply from Colombia to other com companies. And I applied to many of them. Um, some of them, two of, two of them that I applied between many others were Axiom Zen and Shopify. These are the two, two companies are important, like in my journey. Uh, so that uh, I'll make special mention of it, but I applied to many others. And um, uh, Axiom Zen back then was a startup that built startups. And it had two offices, one in Santiago, Chile, and one in Vancouver, Canada. And the other one, well, Shopify, I'm currently working at, at that one. But when I applied back then, both of these companies, uh, I got rejected by both of these companies and by many other companies. I didn't get any job offerings uh, here in, in Canada. And I learned that, I mean, with this experience and like many other experience uh, is that I should not take rejections, especially uh, job rejections, personal, because maybe it was just not the right time or maybe it was just not the right fit. Uh, but I did, like, throughout that interview process that I had, I learned how to interview. I made my portfolio better. I made my CV better, like, more attractive. So, yes, although it was hard because I got rejected, I, the, the important thing was what I learned from these re rejections. And I'm still glad that I applied back then, even though like it was it was a no from these two companies and from many other companies. And I think this leads me to the first like learning that I want to highlight, that is to not fear the failure. So, like yes, even looking back, if it, even if I knew that I was going to get rejected, I'm still glad that I did it, and I'm still glad that um, yes, I you know in a way I got rejected back then, back then because it ended up being part of my journey. Um, there is, and here I want to highlight a really good tech, tech talk that I don't know if any of you have seen it, uh, but it's called What I Learned from 100 Days of Rejection from Yia Yang. And in this talk, uh, he intentionally, uh, for 100 days, he intentionally goes out and do things uh, in which he believes he's going to get rejected. So, for example, the first uh, day, what he does is he goes out and asks a stranger for $100. So I, I'm pretty sure that most people would say no to give a stranger $100, but he like intentionally went and like in a way looked for this rejection because, uh, and the point of like the, the quest that he did was not like maybe succeed, succeeding on this impossible quest or finding someone that was going to give him $100. No, it was more 
to go through that rejection process and like learn through going through it that it was part of life and that things were going to be okay even after the rejection because at the end like he discovered through these rejections uh, that other like possibilities could open that he did not think before for example one that he does is like ask a stranger to have dinner with them so he goes to this parking lot i think it's like walmart or something and he starts asking people like hey do you want to have dinner with me most of them say no but then he meets a, a couple and they end up going like to their house together and have a great uh, dinner so it opens up possibilities that he didn't thought he had before um and then what i want to highlight and this open up possibilities because instead of when i was looking for the first job instead of just focusing on canada i decided to try to open the possibilities and look for other countries um, i'm really fortunate to have a double citizenship with chile so back then going to chile was easier than finding a job in canada uh, so i decided to try that and find jobs uh, in chile and i was really fortunate to find a um, find a job in what it was in a small marketing company and i was able to through this job to go to to move to santiago to chile um, and then i think this leads me to the second thing that i want to highlight and it's something that i will call a thrive on change which um, it just means to embrace the unexpected change so don't just uh, have your mindset up in one thing that you want to accomplish and that's it no be open to new possibilities and if you see another opportunity go for it because you never know where it might lead, might lead you and um, so because of that i ended up like moving to santiago originally i wanted to stay for like one year or more so i got there and i uh, got an apartment, I got furniture, I got a lease for one year. Uh, I was really like, yeah, my plan was to stay originally you know, for one year, but things change. And uh, while I was there, I actually met someone who used to work at this company called Axiom Sen. And uh, like, they told me that they were going to, they wanted to expand their office and they were going to offer new opportunities for junior people and intern so i applied to an intern position while i was there uh, i applied like the second time to this company that rejected me before and um i actually i got a job offer with this but the funny part was i was really excited because it felt like okay going back like it was a validation that i learned through my process and like that i was growing as a person and as a developer um, but the funny part was that when I was away to join, they told me, I'm sorry, but we're going to close the Santiago office. And we decided just for, for things, we decided to, to close the Santiago office. But uh, have you thought about uh, Vancouver to move into Vancouver, Canada, which is where our headquarters is? Um, to be honest, for me, so it was a really easy decision to make to say yes. They, they asked and I was like, OK, yes, when, when can I go? uh and okay it was it was i did have to do like lots of things like i had to uh this this was i think like six months after i was in santiago so i had to end my apartment a contract early i had to sell all the furniture i had also to leave all the people that i met which is uh, also a really hard thing about moving but again it was about sort of 
thriving on change and be open to accept the new opportunities uh, that maybe you didn't were not planned and just uh, like go and accept them. So that's, do you remember the three pieces of the puzzle? That's how like I ended up in Vancouver. That was like the, the first check in my, in my three pieces. Um, and then as I mentioned before, uh, like Axiom Sen, back then was, uh, I, I wanna, the next piece that I want to touch is uh, how I ended up with blockchain. And uh, this was because of that company that I joined, Axiom Sen. Uh, it was not a blockchain company back then. When I joined, they were just like trying different products and uh, like investing in new technologies, basically. But uh, just when I joined, there were launches launching this product called CryptoKitties, which is a blockchain game built on Ethereum in which you can collect and breed these NFTs called CryptoKitties. And I don't know if some of these words are familiar to you. For me, when I started working on this company and when I moved to this project, they were not like I had no idea what any of these things were. So it was a little bit overwhelming, like, oh, my gosh, I'm just going to start working with this thing that I have no idea. It's like also a new company, new team. Um, but I just took it uh, one step at a time as everything like as a big, as a very big problem, just it can it can seem like overwhelming if you look at it from like all of it. But it's better if you start like one step at a time and like try to be a constant learner. That's another uh, uh, lesson that I want to highlight. So it doesn't matter like what you're doing or um, if it's in work or if it's in life, I think it's important to always like try to uh, look for new learning opportunities and look for new challenges that makes you, that keeps you like continue growing as a person. Uh, and then like through this constant learner and through this new project, I discovered that Blockchain was not hard as I thought it would be. Um, and like as a side note, I also have this other presentation that I like doing that is uh, it's called how to write a front-end decentralized application in five minutes. For context, a decentralized application is uh, an application that is built of, uh, on blockchain. Uh, and then what I want, what I like to highlight in this presentation is that it's actually uh, the centralized application is really similar to a centralized application. They both share a lot of uh, architect principles, especially in front end. There's, it's, it's really similar. There's a lot of parallelisms between the two. Uh, so yes, like if you want to uh, start building something on blockchain, you don't need to know everything about it. It's just, I think, like just learn the basics. And then as you continue like discovering this new world and like being a constant learner, you will learn um, like the challenging nuances over time in this new, and, and in anything I would say, like just the important thing is like to always be learning and to like continue having those, those new challenges rather than like knowing everything that's not important. Um, so that's like the second uh, check of how I ended up working at blockchain. So. It wasn't something that I see. It was like a learning opportunity that I had, and I took it. Uh, so what about Shopify? How did I end up being in, in Shopify? Well, this was back in 2020, so which feels like ages ago. It was before pandemic and uh, before the whole world changed. I was still working in Axiom Sen. I think it was almost like three years working there. 
Uh, and then in the beginning of 2020, Shopify announced that they were going to hire, uh, they were going to open an office here in Vancouver. And then back then, I don't know if you know, but right now Shopify were a fully remote company. Uh, but back then we, we were not, we had to go to the office. So this was like, I think this, uh, this announcement was a great opportunity for me to also follow, for me to try it again and see what happens if I apply again. And it felt like, in a way, like a second chance to try to see what would happen if I tried it. Um, and then uh, something also that I really, that even back then I still like a lot about Shopify is the culture that we have. So, and this is, you're gonna, this has a lot of parallels with the thing that I've said, uh, but Shopify has a culture that empowers the developers. Uh, and we, work with trust battery. So by default, we trust everyone with their job. And this is really interesting because it gives you a lot of flexibility in your work. And we have um, a one of, some of our values are like thriving and change, being a constant learner, and being really impactful with your work. And that's something that always resonated with me. Um, I'm, okay, uh, yes, I apply a second time to Shopify. And uh, I was really happy when I got the job offer. Uh, so that's like how I ended up working uh, in Vancouver, uh, blockchain and Shopify. But what about blockchain at Shopify? Because this, that there's still not this connection between these two of them. Um, so actually when I started in Shopify, this was like almost a year and a half ago, we didn't have a blockchain team. Uh, this was always something that I think like our team is probably only like six months or maybe a maximum a year. So it's, it's a really new team still. Uh, but when the team was created, I took this, the opportunity to join it because it felt like another opportunity to, to continue uh, growing and learning. And that's something that I really like, like about Shopify. And it's a huge benefit is that the company is really big. So there are teams that are working in many different things. And it's encouraged in inside Shopify to change teams and to like try different areas. Uh, so you can continue being a constant learner and like thriving on change. So I took that opportunity and I switched to the blockchain team at Shopify. And what are we doing right now in our team? We are we want to make Shopify wallet aware. A, a wallet for you, for those of you that are not familiar with it, is a, just the same like as a physical wallet. A wallet in blockchain is where you save your assets uh, um, like that could be like your tokens or your currency. It's like a place to keep them. So we want to make Shopify aware of uh, the wallets and people with wallets. And how we're doing that right now is that uh, we are starting to make token gated commerce. That means that token owners from different communities will have special access to products and experiences. An example of this was what we did in the South by Southwest uh, with Doodles. Doodles is an NFT uh, collection. It's really interesting if you want to like look and search more about it. Uh, and then in this experience, uh, in this event, we created an immersive experience in which everyone was invited to the experience, but we had a special uh, experiences and products for the Doodle token holders. So for example, when a token holder entered the event, they were greeting like, hello, uh, doodle number 42. And they we also had special products for 
for the doodle uh, talkers. So I believe you could buy um, like a, a, a sweater and it was like the experience was really cool because it arrived like in a sort of roller coaster. Uh, you can see the video. It's, it's really interesting what uh, they were able to create this like really immersive experience uh, that was bringing NFT holders and commerce together. And another thing that we're working on, this is actually the product that I'm working right now, is uh, something called the GM Shop that is short for gated merch. And we want to bring also the token gated experience, uh, but for mobile, because um, yes, we want to have like mobile first mentality and bring this to mobile users. And then a little bit how I want to conclude uh, this presentation is with something called the hill climbing problem. And don't worry, I think it will make sense after I wrap it up. I just don't want to end with a math problem or anything. But yes, the hill climbing problem is a math problem in which the, the problem is uh, you have a graph or you have like a, a graph that has like a hill shape and you want to find the maximum of this, of this graph. Uh, so how do you find it? The hill climbing solution uh, is that you, wherever you are, like wherever uh, starting point that you choose, uh, you need to go uphill. And as long as you go uphill, you'll find the, the, um, the maximum, right? And this works for simple graphs like this one. But what happens if we have a more complex graph in which you have you can have like global maximum, you can have local maximums. Uh, so it has like different shapes. In this case, if we go back like to the starting, if we have this starting point, for example, we will find uh, and we go hill climbing, we'll find a local maximum, but we won't uh, reach the global maximum. Uh, so there's a solution for this problem that it's called random restart hill climbing in which, as the name says, we're gonna, once we find a maximum, we're gonna restart the algorithm randomly. So we don't really care about where we're gonna restart it. The important part is that it's random. So let's see how the, this will look like in our problem, in our graph. Uh, so let's say we start uh, with this point over here and we start hill climbing, we'll eventually reach to this uh, maximum. And uh, we save this data and then we randomly start in another position. Let's say it's this one over here. We do the same and then we end up in this maximum. And then uh, many other random restarts later, it doesn't really matter. Let's say we end up with this uh, starting point. And with this one, we will end up in the, our global maximum uh, for our graph, right? And as this uh, random restart uh, solution, there's many other solutions. There's one called simulated annealing uh, that has like uh, more decisions between the randomness. Uh, but what uh, all of these solutions have in common is that addition of randomness, which you wouldn't expect it because why would you add randomness? You would want to reach your maximum, but all of them have that in common and is the way to find the, like the global maximum of the graphs. And then how does this relate to what I was saying before? So in a way, uh, the lessons that I learned have helped me like to find a global maximum of a graph. So the first one was be a constant learner, right? So yeah, wherever you are, always go off you and like always look for the challenges and ways to learn and continue learning. Uh, the second one was to do not fear failure, because for example, in this case, when we change to another starting point, it feels like we have failed in a way, and it feels like uh, we are better than before. 
but it's just part of life and of learning uh, to start like yeah like in this different position and continue uh, trying to find the new opportunities so do not fear that you might something that might seem like a fail which is not really a failure and the third one yes so thrive on change like um as i mentioned change is really important because it opens up the new opportunities that would eventually do like to this global maximum and um yeah i'm not saying that life has a global maximum or that we have to in a way find a maximum or anything i don't think it's about like maximizing anything it is more about how to continue growing and how to continue learning as a person and in a way as a developer in your career and in your life like to continue finding these different maximums whatever they look like for you in life you can do this like applying sort of the same principles as as you do it with a graph and yes uh, as a final lesson that i want to give you would be to like in a way add that randomness into your life because you'll never know where you might lead, lead to and it doesn't have to be a huge change like a huge life change like go to another country or quit your job and start a different career no this randomness can like it can be anything and a way that i do it in my life for example with small things is the with the hobbies that i like to try the, these random hobbies that i start uh, and, I, and I, that i didn't think that i would start before but it's like okay let's let's try this this new thing and let's continue growing and finding like these maximums in my life these different maximums thank you for listening to the women who code podcast to find out more about our mission and the work we do across the tech industry, visit our website, womenwhocode.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Women Who Code. Be sure to check out our YouTube channel with hundreds of hours of free educational videos. Just go to youtube.com backslash womenwhocode. Thanks again for listening. And remember, to subscribe, rate, and comment.